Welcome to the Botcash Podcast. My name is Don. My name is Scott. And before we get into this episode, I'd like to direct you to our sponsors. Oh, wait, we don't have any. So I can just begin. We, we can make some up. I was, uh... Maybe if we start making up sponsors, they'll call us and be like, hey, guess what? We'll be your sponsor. There we go. I, I was listening to uh, a different podcast. It's ending. Oh, no. And uh, I was like, hey, this is the first time they didn't have a, the episode brought to you by somebody. <laughs> so I was kind of all right. But I always, I always hate that. It's like when you start. So people, people, you don't have sponsors here. Yeah, great. So commercial free. Right, commercial free. Yeah, we like we don't have you know breaks in the middle. So when you're running and you know listening to the Waveform podcast and they have so Hulu charges you two AT and T commercials, two extra dollars if you want no commercials in most things and most apps like you, they give you commercials unless you pay for it. Right. So like we're like totally commercial free. Yeah. Brought to you today by God. Yeah. He's our sponsor. Pretty much it. Hopefully. Yeah, we foot this bill ourselves. And by the way, thank you for footing part of the bill. Oh, yeah, not a problem. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> not the other Donald that was in your address list. <laughs> I was just like, well, it wasn't necessarily in my address list. It's just who came up and I was like, Donald? Yeah. I was like, I so, just went ahead and paid a Donald. I hope it was. <laughs> I, I uh, had a friend that... Um, Owned a, uh, well, he, before he owned the timeshare, he loved to travel. And uh, he uh, wanted me to go with him because he hated driving. So basically, like, for the price of the plane ticket, I could go wherever he went. And uh, we went out west one time, and he wanted to transfer money to me. And he was like, oh, you don't, this is, this is before this was, like, common. He's like, oh, you don't have a PayPal. I was like, oh, I do have a PayPal. He goes, convert it to a business account. And then I can pay you from my PayPal business account for $0. So our laundry mon- lun- money laundering scheme, <laughs> I blew it, um, was complete. So I, I switched it over to a business account. But to do that, I had to do my full legal name. Hmm. And on top of that, they gave me like a debit card with a Visa logo that I could use like normal. Oh, wow. So like we would transfer money back and forth. So like if I had to go pick up the rental car from the counter... I could do that. Just he, he would just transfer the money to my PayPal, and then I could use the card to swipe it and oh, that's get it or cool. whatever. Yeah. So my PayPal found out I didn't own a business, and they said in order to continue owning a business account, you have to provide like these, you know, either your tax ID number and all this other stuff. And I was like, well, isn't my social good enough? It wasn't. Okay. I couldn't prove I owned a business, but it still had my legal name. Got it. So when you transfer money to me, and if you want to, it's this is Don's email at gmail.com. That's my PayPal. You can send all the money you want. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> it still comes up with my full name. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, I, I pushed send, and then I was like, I've known Don a long, long time. And nowhere nowhere within that 20-ish years, plus or minus, <laughs> more plus, wow, um, it's probably been about that long, actually. Uh, 2002. So, I only know that because of the SOS shirt having so 20, the O2 on the back. So it's been 18 years then? Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Nowhere within the 18-ish years that I've known Don. By the time this place, have I 19. ever? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have I ever called him Donald? <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I'm either just donated to some uh, <laughs> random Donald. My dad was Donald, so I was rarely called that. 
if ever. Well, it, it's one of those that the Donald Dudley isn't unpopular. So, yeah, which is um, really weird, especially with people in prison. Cause like, <laughs> I don't know why, but I was searching up all my friends when I found out they had the prison, like, you know, like you could look at prison records and yeah. who's like committed crimes. I was like, the amount of Donald Dudleys that commit crimes is ridiculous. So I was in a car accident and the guy, uh, instead of going through my insurance, decided to sue me for $2,000. Like it wasn't even like in car accident terms, that was like nothing. But they went to deliver the subpoena to our Milford address that had burned to the ground. Oh, wow. (laughs) So we used to live in an apartment in Milford that was just a disaster and it it had electrical issues. So no surprise that it burned to the ground. Well, it attempted to burn to the ground multiple times while we lived there. Well, then they decided to check. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then they decided to check the BMV records, and it said that I had lived in Mason with Josh. Mm-hmm. I won't give you his last name because, you know, he might want to be anonymous. Uh, however, they found a different Donald Dudley in Mason and delivered the papers to him. Oh, no. So I never knew that I got sued until I went to renew my license. And they're like, yeah, mister, you uh, can't do that until this judgment is taken care of. Oh. So. My insurance covered it after some begging, pleading, arm twisting. I think I remember that because you were already married with Jill at the time. No, I was engaged to Jill. And uh, she kept saying, well, instead of going on a honeymoon, we can pay this judgment. I was like, no, no, (laughs) (laughs) we will get this. I I talked to the lawyer of the guy that sued me, and he's the one who told me how to get through it. Okay. So That was nice of him. Yeah, he was actually really easy to deal with. And he was like, hey, like the worst part is like, you know, the paperwork's going to take three to five days to go through, so you're going to be without a driver's license for three to five days. Okay, that's cool. Um, but I'd already been with that one for three to five days, so I was already used okay. to it, you know. <laughs> so I had to go a couple of weeks where I had to, like, bum rides and stuff. But, yeah, so my name is... They, oh, they, when they saw the guy that signed for it, they're like, yeah, that doesn't look like the signature of anything you put on any <laughs> of the paperwork. I was like, it's because it's somebody else. <laughs> it was not me. Yeah, I guess... I guess we're we're a delinquent bunch. <laughs> I get in car accidents and get sued, and the other guy signs for papers that aren't. You know, I bet you that guy was flipping out too. Like, oh yeah, when did I get this car accident? <laughs> <laughs> Which you would think though that he would have contacted someone to be like, why am I being sued? So that they could find out that they got it to the wrong person, and then like, right? I, I don't know. You think that they would do better than say, oh, this Donald Dudley lives in Mason, Ohio. So let's just find the next one on the right. list and deliver it there. Like, wow, that's that's some. Uh, well, when I went, to, when I went and uh, brought the letter to the BMV that like basically showed that it was all paid or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, here's a letter, and I was like, so I can go get my license. They're like, oh yeah, it'll basically be like it never happened. So it once you paid it off, like it's expunged completely. Like there's oh, no, nice. you basically like delete. <laughs> nice. So yeah, it's kind of nice, you okay. know. Never shows up anymore, but horrible couple of weeks. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad they found the right. One many. When you can now drive again and um, the other five or six. There's dozens of us. Ones are still in prison, probably. <laughs> yeah. So Not to mention the other ones who are not. Yeah. And I'm wondering with the last president, if the name will increase in popularity again. Ooh. So... Poor America. Like, well, I'm not going to any hey, political hey, views. Hey. What's wrong with my name? No, as if they're naming them after our oh, oh, oh. current political situation. No, this will air after Inauguration Day. Okay. 
Yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> but yeah, it's just interesting. Whatever. So anyway, all right. Well, you were on your knees praying um, that you got your driver's license. But that's not why Ezekiel was on his knees. Um, he just saw an incredible, crazy vision of God um, that really describes the various attributes of, of God and his amazing omnipotence and his holy nature and his throne and his deity and his... I would say it was more of his omnipotence that made him fall on his face. Oh, that's true. Actually, it's probably all, all, all of his omnis probably got him there. Omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. Yeah, because that's like the whole wheels where he could go all over the place really quick and omni. I'm out of omnis, but yeah, omnipotence. Yeah, powerful, knowing, present. There's a lot of omnis that were. There's probably yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so he leaves that and he's on his knees for what? No, he's not on his knees. He's on his face. Oh, on his face. Yeah, Yeah, he's prostrate. Prostate, pro, prostate, no, prostate uh, is your prostrate. Organ. There you go. Um, on the ground, and that's kind of enter stage chapter two, um, where he is prostrate um, before God, and that's where we're going to pick up on on chapter two, verse one through seven. Is that and, a cat? Yeah, that's a cat. Oh, okay. And then we First, may. I thought you had a really weird ringtone. <laughs> That'd be an aw- Actually, though, Sarah's ringtone sounds exactly like a cat. Like oh, nice. the first time I heard it go off, I was like, "Sarah's his wife." Yes, yes. One of the like, I was like, "Where's the cat? Why is it hurt?" Like it really <laughs> sounds like a cat. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, chapter two, one through seven. Yeah, go for it. And then in this first same section. Um, Chris jumps over to chapter three, four through seven. That's his commentator. Yep. <laughs> Christopher Wright, the Ezekiel commentary, and I highly, 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 highly suggest you pick it up and you read it also. You know and I don't know the name of mine. The guy I, that wrote it. I also use the IVP Old Testament commentary as well, but Chris has been like entertaining me just fine. So I have not jumped commentaries as much as I usually do. I'm using primarily the uh, expository Bible commentary, so the EBC revised version. Um, but with Tremper Longman as the uh, editor, so I hate to not give my guy his due, but man, I can't find his name. So just know it's that series. All right. So with that, I need to write this guy's name down. Yeah, you do, because the only one I ever got good was Grassanti from Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ralph Alexander. There we go. Everyone now I gotta likes go back it. to chapter two. Everyone yeah. likes a guy named Ralph. Right. Wreck it, Ralph. Wreck Ralph. Yeah, Wreck Ralph. Wreck it, Ralph. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I only saw it once. Yeah, me too. It's pretty disappointing. I saw it in a theater for free. So, yep, I paid good money for it. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with that, um, and he said to me, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak with you. And he spoke to me. The spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. And I heard him speaking to me. And he said to me, son of man, I send you to the people of Israel, to nations of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants also are impudent and stubborn. 
I send you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, and whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, be not afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns are with you, and you sit on scorpions. Ow. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. And you shall speak my words to them, whether they f- hear or refuse to hear, for they are re- a rebellious house. Dang, like, that's not encouragement. Um, <laughs> sure it is. <clears throat> so, Oops, sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. Kick you. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, well he, he repeats rebellious a lot. There's a lot of rebellion yeah. in that house. So it doesn't seem like it's it's a very, I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not encouraged being Ezekiel. But I, I guess to start off, the spirit kind of pulls him, pulls him, helps him up um, after being prostrate before God. Where actually seeing the vision in one, I see why dude was on his knees um, or prostrate before God, and the spirit picked him up so that God could speak to him. And yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, keys to man's. Uh, uh, frailty and dependence here. Uh, even the term son of man mm-hmm. uh, is basically saying, hey, you are human. And that's also the moniker that uh, Jesus will adopt for himself. So outside of uh, repeated uses in Ezekiel and a couple uses in Daniel, son of man is primarily the term that uh, Jesus decides to adopt for himself. And you see in the same tradition, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak with you. And he spoke to me in the spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. Uh, that dependence in frailty is uh, quickened by having the Spirit fill him. So he can't do it on his own. The same way Jesus comes as uh, one member of the Trinity, but his earthly ministry is not able to succeed or be fulfilled on his own. He needs the Spirit to come alongside and work with him. So you kind of get that dichotomy, that hypostatic union, hypostatic union, Hippo, mm. campus union. Hippo. Uh, part it's man, like, part. Is it hippo or hippa? I, I don't know. Hypa, I just know that, that I have to sign the hippo every time that they, I'm, they're not allowed to get my medical records or something. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, hippa. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, the union that where you're both man and both God, um, that Jesus is, is like kind of fleshed out a bit there. Okay. Fully man and fully God. There's a frailty because obviously he's able to feel pain, die on the cross, etc. Um but he's also empowered by the spirit to do ministry, to heal, to prophesy. Uh, you know, the spirit comes down on him in his baptism at the beginning of his ministry. And we could draw a parallel at the beginning of Ezekiel's ministry and his call. The spirit is entering him to help him stand on his feet and mm. to be able to fulfill his calling. Okay. So, yeah. okay. There you go. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Son of man, that's like, hey, weakling, stand up. <laughs> uh, well, no, he didn't tell him to stand I mean, he made it, helped him stand up, right? Yeah, yeah, but at first he said, and he said to me, son of man, stand on your feet. Yep. So I think it's interesting. Job, this is off the top of my head. Uh, a lot of times he told Job, hey, Job, you know, gird yourself like a man. Like, God's very much like, stand up and talk to me. Like, he seems to be very big into that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe a study of its own someday. Yeah. To when God tells hmm. people to stand up. You gotta get up, stand up. No way, that's Bob Marley. Um, yeah, I won't do that. Ah, oh, I hit the button. Won't do that again. Everything's fine. Yep. No more singing. Nope. Okay. Nope. Because when I do that, I hit the button. Oh, that's and bad. Things disappear. Yeah, you don't want to hit the button. Nope. 
Um, so we see Israel as being very disloyal here, very disobedient. Um, Not just Israel. Who else? Judah. Oh, yes. <laughs> so uh, He does talk about the people of Israel, but he does use the uh, plurality of the word nations here. So he's talking to both houses. Oh, okay. So I send you the people of Israel, two nations of rebels who have rebelled against me. All right. The fathers of transgressed. So they, they have a history of it too. Mm-hmm. It's not like you people right here in exile, you have rebelled, your fathers have rebelled. And so we see a continuing um, effect of rebellion, not just among the people that are currently in exile, but, but I guess of both nations throughout the history of God's people who have continued to be rebellious. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually says that rebel, re- rebel and revolt, I guess there's two words, Marad, M-A-R-A-D, and Pasa, P-A-S-A, <laughs> um, which suggests... Yeah, so good at the Hebrew. Oh, yes. <laughs> which suggests like a political context, um, kind of brings up that idea that Israel is a a nation, a covenant relationship with Yahweh, who is supposed to be their great king. um, And they have this history of rebellion and exile, or of rebellion. um, And ultimately, I don't think, quite think that according to this, that being in exile is going to go ahead and change them. And in fact, I think when we go a little bit further, we're going to find out otherwise. Yeah, the the verb... Pasa signifies an attitude, this is from Ralph, uh, signifies an attitude of refusal to subject oneself to a proper authority. This term conveys a breach of trust, typically by a vassal. So we all know a vassal king is a puppet king, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, they, if you really read into that, they thought they were the kings of their land. They were puppet kings. Yeah. And they have revolted against God Almighty. Oh, wow. That's kind of, wow, that's kind of neat. Hmm. He also, though, says... You know, they're about to be smited, sort of way. He also <laughs> says, though, it's not just a political, but also he takes, it takes a community and a family perspective as well, mm. um, where Ezekiel describes it as... It describes Israel or, or the nations as an ungovernable family um, and <laughs> kind of draws the picture from Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21, which is like that Flashback. idea... Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they're going to go ahead and take... Uh, their son is so disobedient, so obstinate mm. um, that they're going to take him basically outsider to the, the walls before the elders and stone him to death. So they say it's they, they, he kind of paints that type of picture there. Um, it's the picture of the word obstinate or impudent, I think, in the um, ESV, obstinate and the NIV mm-hmm. um, translate the phrase of literally stiff of face. And yeah, that's where we get the hard-headed. Yeah. yeah. And then the other one matched <laughs> only by an face. internal hardness, stubborn. So the word stubborn translates hard of heart. So these people are stiff of face, hard of heart. It's not like they're accidentally sinning. It's not like they're accidentally obedient or disobedient or, oh my gosh, I was I was rebellious this time. It's it's a very purposeful rebelliousness against um against God, against their king, against their family. Um, so that's kind of the language that, that he says they're using within this mm-hmm. rebellious or rebellion type of thought. Yeah, the only other thing I have about that, uh, we were talking about the nations, um, not to rewind. Uh, House of Israel and House of Judah are phrases that are often used interchangeably in Ezekiel. Okay. So, But yeah, I definitely... Uh, so, so Agreed, this is intentional revolt. This is not just like, you know, this is like, you know what you're doing is 
contrary to what you're supposed to be doing, and you're doing it anyway. So when you're saying he utilizes Israel and Judah, mm-hmm. mixes those words, does that mean whenever he's talking about either one of them, he is talking about both nations, or...? It would appear that way. He just he gives about 12 different examples here of when that's going to be swapped back and forth. Okay. He says, this indicates that the reuniting of Israel and Judah began in the Babylonian captivity... Um, the singular word is goy, which means nation. That implies that Israel is like all other contemporary nations, considering um, that he uses the word el goyim. It means the plural. Also. So goy is a single, goyim is a plural. Okay. So el goyim is the two nations. It's a... Um, he says it's a gloss. I forgot what that means. Okay. I can't recall. Hmm. I need to sleep more at night. I should probably go to bed earlier. <laughs> yeah, I need to sleep more at night, too. I it's do go to bed early. 4.45 a.m., crap. <laughs> See, I just get up at 3 o'clock every day, and I can't go back to sleep. So, oh, dude, I, I, my body's like, oh, we're going to get up at 5? Well, I'll get you up 15 early. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want the 15. If I wanted 15 early, I'd set my clock for yeah. 15 minutes early. My body's like, can get up at 5? Let's get up at 3. What? Oh, that hurts. Um, so, anyway. sorry, I'm, I'm, like, feeling it. I think it hit me today. I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's COVID. One of the two. Well, probably COVID. Yeah. Um, so Chris, though, actually um, jumps to chapter 3, verse 4 through 7, and it kind of makes sense to do that because the part that we just ended up reading was focused on this idea of, of speaking to um, these rebellious and rebels, and these they, they've got a history of being rebellious, and they're stiff of face and hard of heart, and he's like, they might or might not listen to you. And so he kind of, in chapter 3, verse 4 through 7, it's kind of, it talks a little bit deeper about these this rebellious group of people that Ezekiel is going to be sent out on a mission for. It is, okay. Um, and he said to me, son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. For you are not sent to a people of foreign speech and a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many peoples of foreign speech and a hard language, whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I sent you to such, they would listen to you. That's harsh. But the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you, for they are not willing to listen to me, because all the house of Israel have a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. So I guess that's where we see that stubborn, that that heart of heart type of thing, and then impudent, which was the ESV version of what we read in in 2... What, four through five mm-hmm. um, was the stiff of face. So we really kind of see that it's like a pastor. You're told to go ahead and start a church and you're supposed to go tell people about Jesus and you're supposed to bring them in, but no one's going to listen to you. Everything that you say is really just kind of pointless because they're not going to listen to you. That That's not really too encouraging <laughs> um, to say that your mission is to go talk to a bunch of people that really aren't ever going to listen to you. They don't listen to me being... God, and so they're probably not going to listen to you either. That's kind of disheartening a little bit, you know? Yeah, but I do find it interesting that he says, like, in is it very small five, uh, and whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. So there's something that's going to twinge. <laughs> but And we also see kind of later near the... Uh, end of the chapter to the beginning of chapter three, where like the eating the scroll part <laughs> where it's going to make it I'm, no spoilers. Spoiler. Sounds like it tastes good. It's, yeah. 
but did you read what's on the scrolls? <laughs> well, I read what's on the scrolls, yeah, it's, but it still tasted good. So even though it's going to be <laughs> difficult and not pleasant, it will be like sweet to Ezekiel's mm-hmm. mouth. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess it... I mean, we see this kind of a bit in Samuel. You see the whole like, hey, you know, God's talking to Samuel. Hey, Sam, it's not the... It, it's not you they're rejecting, it's me. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be very common. So so part of the, like, near the end of the three part that we're going to talk, be talking about near, like, what, 14 through 15 or somewhere along there, it actually says, though, that Ezekiel is angry and mad. No, it says bitter. Well, <laughs> he says... Are we jumping too far ahead of ourselves? Yeah, we're probably jumping too far ahead of ourselves. There's some interesting stuff in the in that in the last yeah. sentence there that is very very because it's who's he bitter at? Is he bitter at God for the mission that he's being called out to, or is he bitter against the people for their rebellious heart against God? And there's more. So we'll, we'll, uh, okay, well let's uh, sorry we're we're yeah, definitely let's, finish out, let's ahead. at least finish out two and okay. then we'll get into three. So ultimately, we have here Ezekiel's mission is now to go speak. Um, against very rebellious people, mm. and he would have a better chance of talking to nations that aren't supposed to be God's people than he is about talking to God's people. So it's like, maybe I should talk to the Babylonian people. Nope, you're going to talk to your own people. Yeah, but you're jumping again. Am I? No, that was the part we just, in 3, 4 through 7, which I just Yeah, read. but you skipped the last half of 2 still. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I combine those together because like it's okay. still talking about that rebellious group of people. Then I'll go on ahead and say it, and we'll jump backwards after we get through this. So, this is fun. Um, so do we want to read, or is this into go, that? Go ahead and finish. Take eight through what you just read. Was it four? So or eight, eight through seven. Take eight from two through seven three, and then it. we can kind of tie it all together. <clears throat> okay. Um. So chapter two, verse eight, but you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give to you. And when I looked, looked, behold, a hand was stretched out to me and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it out or spread it before me. And it had writing on the front and on the back. And there were written on it words of lamentation and mourning and woe. And he, he said to me, son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. And you just read four through seven. So wait, sorry, I want you to finish all the way four through seven. Or oh, four, four through whatever you just read from Christopher Wright, the tied in part. Oh, you want me to read that also? With yeah, just reread oh, it. God, we'll okay. keep it in order from, from he, my brain. And he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them, for you are not sent to a people of foreign speech and a hard language, but to the house of Israel, not to many peoples of foreign speech and a hard language, whose words you cannot understand. Surely, if I sent you to such, they would listen to you. But the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you, for they are not willing to listen to me, because all the house of Israel have a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. Yes. Yes. All right. Okay. So that's what I was saying before. I was trying not to get the spoilers, but he, oh, okay. he gives him the uh, scroll. And even though it's basically filled with lamentation and mourning and woe, uh, which is a hard to swallow 
pill. Uh, you know, like it's not. Mm-hmm. It sounds like some would be bitter. He says uh, once he eats it, it's like sweet, like honey to him. So even though it's got a difficult task at hand, like it will be something that he. I don't want to say enjoys because that kind of comes out as the wrong. Yeah. Yeah, man, you're all going to die. You know, like this is great. You're all going to get the punishment you deserve. But it is going to be doing God's work is going to be sweet enough to him that it's it should not bother him. Okay. Basically. Yeah, because he so he actually gets into. So later on in his argument for that, let's see. uh, Horn's Beach. Oh, I gotta find it. Um, uh, weird pause. Weird pause. Anyway, so I'm I'm <laughs> looking back in here, and I we might not have got to it yet. Maybe that's why I can't find it yet. Uh, um, yeah. But he ultimately says something. Yep, maybe I, I've got it further in my notes. So we'll keep talking, and then I'll see if we we'll see if we can find it. So my notes have somehow managed to get all funky too. So. So, yeah, so when you're, we're going through here as well, and to kind of go back to the hard language, obscure, unintelligible languages, uh, basically, he says, for you are not sent to a foreign, or sorry, to a people of foreign speech that, and a hard language, but uh, to the house of Israel, not to many peoples of foreign speech and a hard language, but those uh, uh, whose words you cannot understand. Uh, basically, he's saying you are not sent to an obscure, unintelligible people or a primitive, non-like, able-to-learn people. You're being sent to intelligent Israelites who will understand what you're saying. This is a very loaded section. He's basically saying you're not sent to the Babylonians or to a unrefined nation. You're being sent to Israel who should be if anybody can understand and receive what you're saying, it's these guys. You're not being sent to some outside strangers who are, you know, a bunch of numbskulls. Well, I mean, if you get into if you get into Matthew, um, you actually see where in Matthew there's a couple times where Jesus addresses. Um, I think in Matthew 13, I mean, you've got the people that reject him because he's from Nazareth and they know his family. You've got other things where oh, I think it's in chapter 12 where he's basically talking about you being God's people should know and see and understand who I am. And yet he says, you know, the people came to, to talk to Solomon from, from the nation surrounding them. Or you've got Jonah who ends up going to, to what Nineveh and they repent and accept. And yet you see me firsthand and you are not willing to to repent and see what's going on like you see this common theme throughout scripture where a lot of times it's god's own people are the very people that miss and reject him or just miss god altogether so so going back to the hebrew though this is even worse is it he's saying heaviness of language which denotes a dullness and sluggishness of speech this is essentially saying you're not going to a tribe of cave people that like speak in unga bungas, hmm. like you that are unintelligent, don't know how to read, and barely have a formed language. You're going to people that should be able to get this. Hmm. So he's, in a sense, saying, "I'm sending you to people 
you don't have to, you know, taper the message and say things in a way that, you know, you don't have to talk baby talk to them. They should be able to get what you're saying, but they're going to receive it as a bunch of dumb cavemen. Hmm, very essentially. It's like, oh, wow. it, it's almost like a bit that of really a, is harsh. It's a little bit of an insult there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, and he said to me, son of man, go to the house of Israel, speak my words to them for you are not sent to a bunch of morons. And then he'll say, but surely if I sent you to such, they would listen to you. He's saying the morons, mm. the cavemen would listen to you, but the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you for they will not be willing to listen to me because all the house of Israel have a hard forehead and stubborn hearts. Wow. He would be better off going to an obscure tribe in the deep heart of the rainforest that has never seen another civilization and delivering the words of God there than he would be going to Israel. Who should get it? Wow. I already thought it was kind of a slam, just like the, a little bit of a slam already, but then you put it that way, and it's like, it's even worse. That's harsh. <laughs> he would be better going to an obscure tribe deep in the heart of Africa than he would be going to Columbus, Ohio, on the main stage at whatever Columbus's Mega main... Church yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Columbus's main, Ooh. you know... Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty... Pretty harsh word there. Yeah, it is. They won't listen to you. You'd be better off if you went to the cavemen, you know, kind of thing. But I'm sending you here anyway. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they're my chosen people. (laughs) 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 Gotta fulfill some promises. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that how, man, how relevant that is Mm. today. No, (laughs) No, it's true, though. Like, ooh. Well, yeah, it's... We think of like the, you know, like, I just kept getting the picture of like the crow magnon dra- knuckle dragger <laughs> mm-hmm. with the big giant misformed head, you know, that you see like in like textbooks, like, the, you know, talk about evolution or whatever. Yeah. And in a sense, he's like, oh, yeah, you think they have a hard forehead. <laughs> you got to see the, you got to see the guys you got to talk to. <laughs> wow. Like, it's, yeah, it's just interesting. I yeah. I just kept thinking you're like. Ezekiel, Ezekiel is full of slams, dude. Is he? Like, oh, dude, wait, dude, wait. So everybody at home, I've studied this before. No. Okay. But as you get into it, it gets he he's pretty ruthless. This is my first deep study into Ezekiel. Yeah. So I'm way excited. He's, um, there, I will warn you all as parents, there are going to be some verses in here that we uh, would recommend that you do not let your kids listen to. Not this particular podcast, but there will be a few in the near future that are pretty bad. My, my daughter, a couple months ago... Um, I caught her in bed reading the Bible. Um, what if I told you about uh, reading that book? <laughs> which I, that's the one thing that, that I always struggle as a dad. She's like, Daddy, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep, so I read my Bible. I was about Jezebel, and yeah. she was eating my dog. Uh, like, she's like, oh. she's like, she doesn't go to bed right away, and she's like, I'm reading my Bible. I was like, do I tell her to go to bed and stop reading her Bible, or do I, I suck? I don't know what to do. Then you say, what book? <laughs> well... In that scenario, I caught her reading Ezekiel, Ooh. and she's like, Daddy, I don't understand this. And I don't remember what the passage was. I was like, you know, let's start with a different book of the Bible. Let's not start with Ezekiel. Yeah, let's, let's not. And my excuse... Let's judges, honey. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's like, what does this mean? I was like, well, da- Daddy doesn't has not studied Ezekiel very deeply. I can give you a basic idea. And I was like, here's terminology that's used in other parts of scripture, so I might be able to help out there. But let's start with a, a little easier book to go with. A little lighter. And she's like, all right, are you sure? How about Isaiah? Uh, let's... 
Yeah. Let's work well, out. Well, he's kind of. That was less. Yeah. Yeah, less Ezekiel ish. I, I mean, this is just the beginning, and we've already had some slams here. That's true. So, that's I true. Mean, I'm looking forward to the poop. Dude, that's that's the maybe PG part of the book. Oh, yes. It's, be... It does get really bad. So, what does the children's Bibles do with Ezekiel? They show the dry bones, Valley of Dry Bones. Okay. That's all they ever that's do. That's it? No. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, most most children's Bibles like cut out judges altogether. Which even even if you think about it, like the Valley of Dry Bones, which we'll get to in a few years, is a disturbing image. As the muscles and tendons start to grow back around the decom the Valley of Decomposing Bodies. Wow, uh, it's a it's a deep book, man. All it, right, it's. It's fun stuff. I've been having a lot of fun with it. So Oh, just you wait. Um yeah. <laughs> but I, I felt very sad for though Ezekiel mm-hmm. reading this because I was like, I would feel very I'd feel very disheartened before I even got started. Like, <laughs> here's your mission and you're gonna fail. Really? Like, you know, just where's the encouragement? Where's the you know, someone might listen to you or someone's life might be changed, but, you know, they're all just really going to rebel against you and they ignored me being God and, and they're going to ignore you also. And so here's the mission you're going on. So, like, I think I'd feel just very disheartened. I need those those aha or yay or success moments every once in a while. And I just imagine, like, you know, what if a, a pastor, you know, God's like, yep, you're going to go ahead and, you know... You're going to go ahead and try and hit a community and no one's ever going to listen to you, but you're supposed to still continue to tell them over and over and over and over again. You're supposed to bang your head against the wall. Right. Like, I don't know. So I felt bad for Ezekiel, um, kind of frustrated for him. Like, oh man, you just failed before you got, got started. I mean, I guess it's good to know that, that God had your back and God told you you're going to fail before you got started, but still like, All right. I want you to read. Just verse 20, but don't read it out loud. Okay, I read verse 20. Don't read it out loud. Dang. That's a gentle reading of it. Wow. The word issues means something completely different there. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that part. I mean, wow. So I just read a piece of Ezekiel that apparently we're going to get to. Um, I don't know how far in the book it was. What chapter? Uh, probably 23. Oh, wow. Um, I can only guess what that means. It is what you think it means. Oh, wow. Okay. And so you might not want your kids to listen yeah, to this. Yeah, this... Um, that uh-huh. is what comes from it. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> I told you. It's, it, it's, it wow. Goes, it's, this is not going to be a podcast that kids will probably be able to finish through. Okay. Uh, unless they're of age and you've had to talk with them. Okay. So. Wow. It, it gets worse. Okay. So <laughs> with that, we're in the very, yeah, we're, we're in the PG version. <laughs> yeah. When we talk about like roasting bread over poop, it's a total, oh. That's disgusting. That's campfire fodder, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to let Hadessa read Ezekiel for a while. Thankfully, the ESV codes the language a bit. Okay. But yeah, they're... <laughs> See, I think, though, like, I've got this belief that we need more rated R sermons because I actually believe that, like, <laughs> we PGify, like, God's thought on sin. 
And oh, no, so, I, like, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. You know, like, we go to church and I'm like, well, that's, I think it's a little bit harsher than that. I was like, oh, sin is bad. Well, I know that, but let's go back to like the whole Hosea stuff that we were talking about, you know? <clears throat> so, oh, yeah, like, there's some, there was some stuff in there that was pretty darn. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things that that I don't think we have enough rated our sin or, or rated <laughs> our sin. I think I got plenty of that. We got yeah. Rated our sermons, and people understand less like their need for a savior and the reason we deserve death when we really see how brutal and bad our sin really is. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. No, I think I'm with it. Like once again, I I go to a church of the more reformed Calvinistic persuasion. So we do treat sin very heavily, but even we, well, I don't know. There, there's been a few sermons where I'm like, Oh good. I'm glad the kids are here with me. You know, like, mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, for the most part, it does seem that like a lot of times we make sin ethereal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's that thing out there that you don't do. Yeah. Cause it, uh, big word grieves the heart of God. Okay. Mm-hmm. What does that mean though? Yeah. There's a lot of good like, churchy words. Yeah. Um, and our, our church is really good at the churchy words. Like we've, I mean, I mean, pastor is a, a scholar dude, but like, it's yeah, everybody's able to. Yeah, but he, it's very, very watered down church traditional, using those big church words, but not really getting into the pictures that I think is portrayed about sin and about those things. Yeah, like yeah, right. uh, yeah. I just don't think they do it a great. And and in all honesty, I've never met never met any church. I've never been to any church and heard many sermons that really, really break down, here's what sin is and how bad it is. Man, you got you to visit some churches. Do you been to more, more of that? Yeah, I guess like I said, do. Yeah, we, like I said, in our, so within our tradition, it is very common. Like, we are very encouraged to fight sin and to be transparent with stuff. And, you, you know, like we encourage accountability and triads as well. But our pastor will, I mean, like during this whole covid stuff like he's been very forthright up front in saying the funniest part that made my life like lose it is the one day he's like he's talking to a group of us um like basically the the leaders it was a leadership thing Mm -hmm. and he was like yeah i know this year is just sucked like he doesn't really pull his punches he says it like it is he doesn't pull stuff out he he's very in your face about it without me i don't because i don't want my pastor to sound like he's some kind of flippant like you know, crazy jerk face pastor. He's, he's not at all, but he's also not like a, Oh, we're going to gloss over this. Like he mm-hmm. tackles the hard parts of scripture and spells it out for you. Oh, I like that. So, well, maybe I'll start listening to your online stuff as well. You know, I'm not driving to Middletown you every know? Sunday. Dude, it's only from here, 40 minutes. It's early in the morning. Yeah. Well, right now, Oh, right now we're streaming only. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can jump into you, like yeah, your streams. True. I say because our zip code is a COVID mess. Is it? Well, is Hooray. it? I think everyone's a COVID mess, aren't they? Or? Well, I I always complain about this, but basically, like, there is a college at the edge of our zip code, mm. and oh, that, that okay. college has like screwed our numbers up so bad. But that college, after Thanksgiving, was not allowed to go back into session, so all those little COVID kids went home. 
So you're gonna improve. You're gonna go <laughs> yeah, from we like, be like, oh, we're not under the red anymore. Deep purple to like <laughs> bright yellow. <Right. laughs> I don't even know the colors. I'm I don't so, know what they mean. I know. I'm so mad at that. But we, that's another. Anyway, so with that, let's. It's not fair, man. Because <laughs> not even they don't even live here. <laughs> well, they're probably dealing with it too somewhere in the world. Like it's yeah, uh, in their own whatever version they have of it. All right, I forget where we're at. Two eight. Okay, so regard with oh, a bunch okay. of idiots. Yeah, so, so eight would be a good So he just ate some scroll. Um, <laughs> Yo, I'm going to eat some scroll. <laughs> um, he basically, so Chris actually uh, talks about um, this idea of like he digests it. So it is actually what's handed to him by, so, and when I looked, behold, a hand was stretched out to me. And behold, a scroll of a book was in it. So this is ultimately a message that, that is coming from God. Um, and it's not one that he's being able to write or whatever. It's it's already been written on. It's already a message. It's not one that, you know, Ezekiel has any playroom with. This is the message he's supposed to speak. Um, but by him digesting it and eating it, it is like it is becoming very much um, part of who Ezekiel is and the message that he's going to communicate just as much as it is God's. Um, I, I did find it interesting. He says, hey, hear what I have to say. Don't be rebellious like those guys. Open your mouth and eat what I'm about to give you. Mm-hmm. I mean, on multiple layers, here's a scroll. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to eat this paper. You, you know, that's one thing. And then like, then reading the scroll and seeing what's on it, you're going to eat these words of lament. So there's like these two layers of like, okay, I'm going to trust you on this. I'm going to eat something that's not edible, and I'm also going to eat these words, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So we see his obedience right from the start. Yeah. But apparently it tastes sweet as honey in his mouth. So Give me some more of that lamentation. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not looking good for them, but apparently it tastes fairly good to him. Yeah. Um, So with that, too... Who would have thought that partaking in God's call for your life and doing his work here on earth would taste good? Yeah, it kind of does. Oh well. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I like I like doing what he asked me to do more than I like doing my own stuff because, yeah, and I do my own stuff. It just doesn't turn out well. Um, chapter eight, I lied. Chapter, chapter three, eight. verse eight. Okay. Behold, I have made your face as hard as their faces, and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. Like emery harder than flint, have I made your forehead. Fear them not, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak to you, receive in your heart and hear with your ears, and go to the exiles, to your people, and speak to them, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or refuse to hear. Well, at least if at least if he's going to have to deal with some people that are stiff of face and hard of heart, it sounds like God kind of gives him the countermeasures or the ability to go ahead and um, do that, what he's going to have your face as hard as their faces and your forehead as hard as their forehead. So, I mean, at least he's going to have, be able to counter it with God's version of that. So, yeah. And it's also the word there actually, uh, Emery, like Emery harder than Flint. Yeah. It's only used a handful of times (laughs) in the old Testament. And it's usually either referring to diamond or Emery, like very hard substances. Um, I think they they took the coin flip here and took emery over um, uh, diamond. 
Okay. But basically, they're the hardest and sharpest stones of that time period that they that they knew of. So wow, he was basically saying it's that hard. There's not okay. a whole lot that can crack it. Got it. So yeah. he's going to be able to stand pretty, hold his own very much mm-hmm. against them then. Yeah, but he's also going against them with the same hard forehead. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, that's very true. Um, Continue on then? Yep. Going to finish? Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot there. So the last sentence is a biggie. So So I'm going to finish today's podcast with chapter 3, verse 12 through 15. Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me the voice of a great earthquake. Blessed be the glory of the Lord from its place. It was the sound of the wings of the living creatures as they touched one another, and the sound of the wheels behind them or beside them. And the sound of a great earthquake. The spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness and the heat of my spirit, the hand of the Lord being strong upon me. And I came to the exiles at Tel Abib, um, who were dwelling by the Kabar. Is that what we said it was? Yep. Kabar Canal. And I sat where they were dwelling, and I sat there overwhelmed among them seven days. Mm-hmm. Dang. All right. Um, so, what do you got? Really nothing until the last sentence. So if you have anything before then we can hit I, that. I don't. I'm in the kind of in the same boat with you. So Okay. So as you sat there overwhelmed among them seven days, seven days also refers to uh the typical period of sitting Shiva with somebody who has just experienced the passing of a loved one. Mm-hmm. So basically it is the liturgical <clears throat> uh, movement of somebody who is going through uh, a death. And then in addition, it is the consecration period for a priest before he starts his ministry. Really? So there's kind of this double potential background happening here. Uh, he is uh, one in one on his 30th birthday being ready to be consecrated into God's service. Right. He is also observing a mourning period. Hmm. Of basically Israel slash Judah, and that's what the seven days is. Yeah. Okay. Huh. If you if you jump ahead in the Watchman part, he he basically says, "And at the end of the seven days, the Lord comes to me." Okay. But um, yeah. So there's kind of this double potential meaning here, showing that he's he's in a period of mourning and consecration as he's about to embark on God's work. Okay. So while he's wrestling with this stuff. Oh, very okay. So. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. Now he. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Morning well, and consecration is great. <laughs> well, no, just seeing how that connects together, you know, like where normally you just read over it and be like, oh, okay. But being able to see kind of how that ties into, you know, his 30th birthday, he would become a priest, this time of, yeah. you know, that, that that's cool to be able to see how that connects together and how God is still kind of honoring in a way that those 25 years of training or really 30 years of training that, that he has been through um, in order to prepare the priesthood and for to be used for God's service and how God is still going to go ahead and use him. Maybe not the way he is expected and <laughs> maybe not the sacrificing some goats, <laughs> maybe not the praise that he might get being a priest, you know, instead they're going to be rebellious and they got hard foreheads, but in, that God is still able to use him um, and that God chose to, to use him. I think it's also um, 
kind of telling that it, it, it takes him seven days to work through this, mm-hmm. like what he just saw. So we often might think like, oh, man, it'd be so cool to see visions like the prophets did. It's like, man, Ezekiel had to start wrestling with that for seven days. I mean, it's not as... I mean, yeah, sure, it might be cool, but maybe it, it might not be as cool as you're hoping. Yeah, well, I read into chapter four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he doesn't start off very fun. It's not. Quite, oh no, no, not, not at quite all. what you showed me. He's the prop comic, but or I'm the like, prop prophet. <laughs> I was like, ooh, um, that's not a great start. So yeah, so not very much fun. No, take this brick and lie down on your. <laughs> but he's not there yet. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, um, but yeah, he definitely is not. You know, it's not a fun time it the work will be sweet to him and he will do it and he'll be obedient but man mm-hmm. it's not gonna be the start of it i mean if you think, i mean the start of his ministry is the seven days of like wrestling and thinking and all this stuff jesus's was 40 days of fasting mm-hmm. like you know we're seeing that this is kind of a common thread here uh before you start your ministry there's there's some intense intense proving that happens. Yeah. Like refining that's going on. It's not like a, yeah, I just jumped into it. It's cool. I just put my resume in and they hired me. You know, it's not like that at all. Yeah. I always like the refining part of God's <laughs> uh, preparation. Amen and amen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so what do you think about the part in 315 where it says, the spirit lifted me up and took me away and I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit, the hand of the Lord being strong upon me. He, he says that the words are extremely strong. Bitterness being Mar, M-A-R, was the emotion of Esau uh, when he was robbed, uh, Israel when they were enslaved. So this is an extreme bitterness. But then Hema, H-E-M-A, um, was anger. So it was that, that heat um, of my spirit. So it's literally the most, uh, basically is literally and most often mm-hmm. boiling heat. It indicates hot, furious, raging displeasure. Like those are some strong feelings. What's he so angry and what he's so angry about? Like, is he angry um, against God for putting him into the situation? Is he angry? Um, is this anger directed towards God's people um, and that that same displeasure and disobedience uh, or frustration with that disobedience? What 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 do you? I don't know. What what do what do you have regarding that that? that extreme bitter and anger. I didn't go too much into it, but I'm looking up. <clears throat> it says Hema. Uh, yeah, it is Hema, it, like, H-E-M-A. I was wondering if that's related to blood. I don't know. He didn't say. Mm, nope. <laughs> yeah, he said it was literally and most often boiling heat. It indicates hot furious, raging displeasure. Yeah, it's, yeah, wrath, fury, anger, venom, heat, poison, fury. Like, yeah, I was wondering, because hematoma, hem, like, hematological, mm-hmm. I, I was wondering if maybe it had, but I guess not. Oh, no. I mean, he makes two suggestions. It is possible to express Ezekiel's entering into the feelings of God against Israel. So Ezekiel's anger would thus be against the people he will now have to confront. The other one was, but it is, um, he actually says it is more likely that this anger is directed against God himself Hmm. for the appalling task that has been laid upon him. 
Um, he goes back to two. Don't we eight. often do that? You did this oh, to yeah. me. <laughs> he goes back to two eight as his potential feelings of frustration. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you: Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give to you right before he hands the scroll. So, like, is there that that possibility that Ezekiel at that moment could have ta- told God his displeasure? But he's saying, don't be rebellious. Take what I'm giving to you. Eat this, and then go deliver that message. Um, I don't know. Those are the two suggestions that he has. Yeah, his just basically says Israel is brought back to the exiles and he's struggling to begin a distasteful ministry from which he has been called. Uh, he is angry and anguished uh, that he has to deliver a displeasing message to an unreceptive audience. And he is looking at the prospect of having an unsuccessful ministry in the eyes of human beings. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go too deep into who, where the rage is. He's just saying the whole situation has him kind of angry. Yeah. Okay. But, so uh, it sounds like similar. Yeah. He didn't do, he didn't go too deep into, but yeah, I mean, how many times do we get angry at that kind of yeah, thing? Like absolutely. I'm the one who has to deliver that message. I'm the one who has to deal with these people or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever happens to be. Why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with this? You know, why me? Oh God. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that happens. Not way to too belittle often. that. It, you know, it's in the Psalms, man. Yeah. You know, over and over and over and over and over again. They just have a habit of turning it back around into praise. Yeah, we we don't always get that far. No, I got to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's no what no comment. <laughs> here's what Chris has as a takeaway, and I'm going to read it word for word because he usually puts things better than what I can. <laughs> We need to remember, it's as we he's British. That's true. See, those British people are so much. I mean, they're going to last better longer than America. We need to remember, as we read on through the terrible words that will come from the mouth of this prophet, that he speaks as one reluctant to be speaking at all, as one whose reaction to his prophetic calling was not just inadequacy or guilt, but bitterness and raging anger. Only the strong hand of the Lord upon Ezekiel restrained these emotions and held him as in a physical vice submissive to the divine will. The total physical, spiritual, and psychological trauma of the whole experience left him overwhelmed. Another strong word meaning stunned, horror-stricken, and appalled. It would be a week before God could speak to him again. That's kind of what he... Man, that's even more. Uh And so that's kind of his takeaway from, from that aspect and perspective right there. Yeah, that's why I didn't paraphrase it is because you can't yeah, know how to paraphrase no, that. That's good. That's good. But well, all right. Well, Ezekiel three is not over. Um, nope, we're ending on fifteen. So if you want to read ahead, I do sixteen and just keep going. Yep. And so, then yeah, four, four is kind of a good size chapter. So. It is. I don't know if we're gonna get to four. In it's that like the good old days, sitting. man. It's the Deuteronomy days. When yeah. We never got through the. Uh, Sorry, you know what? If we do this well enough, we'll make it weekly. We won't do it well enough, so don't get your hopes up. Right. (laughs) Well, that and we still have like lives and time and families that get in the way and then holidays and then COVID and then holidays and... The big holiday chunk right here. Yeah. Which actually sometimes, sometimes we have more time during that. Or do we? This year we might. We're not not visiting my family. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not allowed to have New Year's past 10 o'clock. Outside. Uh, that's true. I mean, in your yard, do whatever you want. <laughs> Are you allowed to in your yard, though? I, I don't know. We're, we're a little different than you. 
Oh, we're Hamilton County. No, that's a statewide thing. Yeah, but we're Butler County where the sheriff won't enforce anything. Oh, that's fair. So, okay. I mean, uh, Hamilton County, they will. All right. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, about our, our, yeah. So anyway, yeah. you definitely. Whatever you do out there, be safe. Don't get arrested. Yes. There. Yeah. That's, what, yep. that's all we ask. Uh-huh. So. so with that, have a. <laughs> We'd say Merry Christmas, but you'll probably hear this in the summer. So Merry Christmas. Or, or spring. Probably spring. Merry Christmas. Then. Here we got six Joe Bishes, so that's probably about 12 weeks. You saying you can't celebrate Jesus' birth all the time and be merry for oh, Jesus Jesus Christ? Merry. It's Christmas every day in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.